You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Fasten your seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen. Two hours and 40 minutes of crunch time with me, guys, and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here. James Mesh, super excited to, to listen to me for the next two and a half hours, aren't you, James? I'm so excited. I'm so I'm so pumped. Get like get live. Woo! There you go. A little loud, but okay. So the Astros get a win today, two to nothing over the New York Mets. Justin Verlander doing doing what he does. Eight innings, gave up no runs, struck out six. You had a two-run home run from Jason Castro, his first home run of the year, his 100th of his career, to give the Astros those two runs in the top of the ninth inning. However, it, it could have come at a cost. In the bottom of the eighth, Jeremy Pena and Jordan Alvarez both going for a fly ball, collided with one another. Both players had to leave the field. Pena left under his own power. Jordan Alvarez left on a cart. Uh, as soon as we hear more on the status of both players, we will obviously relay that information to you. Big show today, long show today. We've got some running back conversations in the college ranks. We're going to talk a lot of NFL quarterbacks. We're going to talk about some of the best sports movies of all time. And we'll get you ready for NBA free agency tomorrow over the next two and a half hours with myself and James Mesh. Again, Astros winning over the Mets today, 2 to nothing, 9 to one last night. We'll dive into both of those a little bit later on in the show. Poll question of the day. Fourth of July coming up on Monday this morning on RP3 and Company. Their poll question was about Fourth of July in terms of hot dogs. You know, what's your favorite hot dog topping? I'm not a big hot dog guy, so. But if I had to pick one, cheese. Sprinkle some cheese on top of there, maybe, maybe, maybe a little ketchup, and I'm good. That made James laugh hysterically. You good? Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> hey, it's hard being me. Oh. It's hard being me. <laughs> All right, so poll question today. What is your favorite 4th of July activity? Do you like riding in a boat, barbecuing on the patio, hanging out by the pool, or do you guys do something else? We want to hear from you, Facebook and Twitter. You can hit us up. So far, 57% of people on Twitter say barbecuing, 28.6% say hopping in a boat, and 14.3% say Hanging by the pool, James. If you had, if you had your way, what would you be doing on the Fourth of July? Uh, you can never go wrong with some good old barbecue. Yeah, I'm making an invention because go I'm not. I'm not huge on hot dogs either. Right, but when it comes to Fourth of July, it feels like I gotta have. Nah, I man. gotta have one. You get you you get you some barbecue sauce. Uh huh. You baste it on a patty. Uh huh. Barbecue burgers. I mean, but I get a burger 
and then I'll also get a dog. I mean, I might eat a dog. Maybe That's what I'm one. saying. Like, you'll end up. But eating you know, one. there's there's some people that are like, oh my god, I could eat thirty hot dogs. Like, dude, no. I'm like, what are you? What are you, Cho- Joey Chestnut? Right. What's wrong <laughs> like, with you? No. What's wrong with you? That's like one of my best friends. His favorite food of all time is chili dogs. Your friend's a weirdo. He is a weirdo. Very much so. We all know that. <laughs> like in his wedding, he wore socks with chili dogs on them. Oh my! What is? Did it? What was his favorite cartoon? Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> the hell <laughs> i love chili dogs i love chili dogs. love a good old dog so we we've got a lot to to get into and we'll start with some nba trades the day before free agency you know it always seems to happen the the day before free agency some moves get made uh, the washington wizards have acquired will barton and monte morris from Denver for Contavious Caldwell Pope and Ish Smith. Okay, so here's my question. Out of Will Barton, Monte Morris, and Bradley Beal, who's not stepping on the court? They all three play the same position. They all three play off ball guard. So you're gonna have you're going to have your guy that goes with the first team. You're going to have your guy that goes with the second team. Which one rarely sees the court? Who says they stay on, though? Who say they don't just get moved again? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe I could see that. You know, I, I saw a uh, I saw a storyline earlier, and it was talking about Kyrie and how he might not stay with Brooklyn although he opted into his deal because the Nets could still move him I don't know if they're going to find a trade partner because the package in order to acquire a guy like Kyrie Irving would be astronomical but it's not out of the realm of possibility. You could still see a Lakers-Nets trade involving Russ and Kyrie. Maybe before the deadline. Yeah. You, you, could, you could still see something happen. I don't think it will. I, I, think, I think Russ suits up for the Lakers in October, and I think Kyrie suits up for the Nets in October. Will Kevin Durant suit up for the Nets in October, though? That's the question. Because Durant doesn't seem too happy. I know he's got four years left on his deal, but he doesn't seem too happy in Brooklyn, and it's one of those things like we talk about all the time, James. If you don't want to be here, I don't want you here. Get him out. Plain and simple. Let's see. LSU baseball. Man, Jay Johnson's a wizard. The dude dude is just magical. He's done it again. Bringing in a pitcher from UCLA by the name of Thatcher Hurd, one of the top names in the NCAA transfer portal this offseason. He will immediately fill a need for Jay Johnson in in terms of his pitching staff. He was the National Pitcher of the Week 
in, at, on March 8th of this season, he started multiple games for UCLA and was only a freshman last year. So he's going to come in to a pitching staff that needs depth. He was 2-0 last year in 34 innings, 16 hits, 7 runs. He walked 10, struck out 48, and had an ERA just above 1. I mean, that is super impressive for the young man. Uh, His longest outing last season was against Arizona on March 27th. He pitched 6 innings, only giving up 2 hits in that game. So, good get for Jay Johnson and his team. So now you've got Thatcher Hurd, Jack Pineda, Carter Young. You went get Tommy White and Christian Little. You've also got Dylan Tabrick. You've got a lot of big pieces early on in the transfer portal to build your team. And it's incredibly impressive to see what Jay Johnson has been able to do for LSU in his first off season. Oh, I just got some from Woj. What you got? Washington Wizards star Bradley Beal has declined his $36.4 million no. option and become a free agent. Uh-oh. He said, oh, Monte Morris coming in? Nah, man, I'm out. So now he's eligible to sign a five-year max to return to the Wizards or sign elsewhere on a four-year deal. Pelicans. Pelicans. Just kidding. We can't afford that. I don't think we. I don't think we have the cap space. Can't afford it, and it's not necessarily what we're looking for. Well, that's also true. But uh, Brad, wow, Bradley Beal will not. And that's crazy because anytime you've asked him about it, he loves Washington. Doesn't want to leave Washington. Loves Washington. And that's that's interesting. That intrigues me. I can't. That's a move that he could be signing somewhere like first thing tomorrow as soon as free agency opens at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. Like he's going to be one of those names that goes off the board like that. That's going to be, in, that's going to be interesting. Or he takes his time. Yeah, it's, it's always that way, right, with, with a star. Either the deal's worked out before free agency even opens and he's one of the first names that drops. Or they're or one of the last. It's, they're it's, never in the middle. August, right. So that'll be fun. Free agency is always great. You know, you, you turn on your tweet notifications for Woj, and, you know, 6.30 that night, bing, 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 blowing up. It's a good time. So, again, if you want to get in on the show, call the hotline, 706-0111. And then here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS. Fiber. Let's go over our guest for today at 4.15. Shamit Dua will join us to talk all things NBA. Again, free agency about 24 hours away. So we'll talk to Shamit about that. 4.30, Chrissy Freud going to join us to talk LSU quarterback situation, who she thinks is going to be the starter. And we'll also look at some NFL quarterback ratings. And then at 5.30, we'll do Who Dat Wednesday with Brendan Ertle. James Mesh, let's take a timeout right here. And when we return, James and I will look at the top 100 quarterbacks in the NFL. And we're going to play a game called This or That. 
Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help with your day-night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes, like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse of Cypress Bayou, a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. The only way to score these great prizes you got to become a member of the Game Clubhouse. It's free. It's simple. 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So sign up today. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 32 minutes after 3 o'clock here on your Wednesday afternoon. It is Wednesday, my dudes. Let's look at a ranking sheet of the top 100 quarterbacks in the NFL. and We're going to do a this or that. So our lock, we're going to have one guy that's going to be in every question. He's always going to be the this. It's Dak Prescott. So for example, we're going to say, James, would you rather Dak Prescott or Aaron Rodgers? I know this sounds crazy, but I'm kind of leaning towards Dak Prescott. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then he will in turn... Ask me one, and we'll go back and forth. So, James, number one, Dak Prescott or Mac Jones? Hmm, Dak Prescott or Mac Jones? I think I got to lean towards... Now, think, think logically about this. I think I'd have to lean towards Dak. Okay, why? He's He's a little more proven... And I feel like he's got a little more talent. Now, I like Mac Jones a lot. I think he's got room to improve. I just don't know exactly what his ceiling is. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I would probably go Dak in that situation too, but I just wanted to I wanted to throw you an easy one at first. All right. I'll do, would you rather Dak Prescott or would you rather Matt Stafford? God. That's a good one. Man, you, you're throwing the fastballs early. <laughs> God. I'm throwing the pressure. S- slightly Dak. Slightly Dak? Only because I like Dak's ability to run out of the pocket. I like the way Dak can move and, and get away with his speed if he has to. I don't think Matthew Stafford can do that as well. Granted, Matthew's a better thrower. He's a better passer than Dak is. But I think I think Dak's speed and elusivity puts him a little bit over the edge on that one. I think I'd have to lean slightly towards Stafford. Okay. Since it feels like he's always had the talent, he just had a doo-doo butt cheeks team. And then finally when he got with the Rams, a good team, it's like, hey, see what I can do when I got people that aren't just Marvin Jones? You should go patent pin that phrase, by the way. Doo-doo butch. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right, Dak Prescott or Jalen Hurts? 
And, and here and here's the thing, because I've been saying this is a put up or shut up year for Jalen, and I feel like he's finally going to do it because he's he's going to have more than one receiver to throw to. He's going to have AJ and Devontae, as well as having the offense. Quarterback wise, I think I'd have to lean strictly towards Dak because Dak's been doing what Jalen needs to do pretty much his whole career. Yeah, I would go. I mean, that's I, I would have to say Dak also, just because he's he's more proven. Now, again, I agree with you on the put up or shut up for Jalen Hurts. I think this is going to be a big year for him, and. He, he's going to have to have a lot to prove, but it does help, like you said. You know, he's got an extra weapon in A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith's got a year under his belt now and can can come out of his shell a little bit more. So I think Jalen Hurts will have a good year, but again, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott or Jameis Winston? Oh, man. Oh, you did it. <laughs> you did it. You did it to me. Okay. Jameis. You're taking Jameis? And and that's not being Homer. Um Jameis is a much better passer than Dak is. And he's not as naturally or like it it's not as smooth when he escapes the pocket. No. But Jameis is still able to be really effective and isn't easy to take down either. Jameis Jameis is gonna come out this year. And have one hell of a year and eat his W's and prove everybody wrong. And I can't wait to see it. I like it. Jameis all day. I've been saying LASIK laser for MVP. Jameis all day. All right, let's go. We're gonna switch it up. Would you rather Trevor Lawrence or Sam Darnold? Trevor Lawrence. Sam Sam has played with two different teams. And one of them was actually kind of decent in the Panthers last year. Coaching, different story, but still. Pretty talented squad, and then they just couldn't do anything. And he looked good to start off. They were 3-0 and against three bad teams. And then what happened after that? They went down. They trended all the way down. Way down. I got to take Trevor Lawrence. He had nothing. He played with the Jags last year. Well, he's going to play with the Jags again this year. He is. And they didn't get much better. But we're not talking about the Jags. We're just talking about the QB That's itself. True. That's true. I would I would take Trevor Lawrence, too, in, in that respect. Would you rather Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow? Oh, that's good. Man, I like them both for so many different reasons. I was going to say, they're both just so good. I like them both for so many different reasons. Give me Herbert. Herbie? There's just something about him. I don't know that I can put my finger there's on so, it. There's something about him just converting three fourth downs on the same drive to tie the game. Just different. Just just for your team, to the defense to just give up. He's just different. Justin Herbert. It's close, but Justin Herbert. All right. Um, let's see. Would you rather Derek Carr or Ryan Tannehill? Derek Carr. Really? I don't care for Ryan Tannehill in any means. His own the only reason he's even efficient is because of Derek Henry. 
I mean, if I'm the quarterback for Tennessee, I feel like I'd put up decent numbers just only having to hand off to Derrick Henry and then doing a play-action boot over to the right, throw it to the tight end, just easy 10-yard pass on the run. I'll do that all day. Right. Come on. He's in an easy system. And you can and you can lean on the defense to where it's like, we'll win a 17-13 game and have Derrick Henry run for both touchdowns. Otherwise, I mean, if it's wide open, I'll just take it myself. That's what Ryan Tannehill does. Derek Carr, he's in a he's been doubted the whole career. Everyone's just doesn't care for him and I feel like he's underrated in a sense. I mean, I agree. Um that that that's a tie for me. I think okay, it's a tie. I'd be okay with either one of them. Oh, I I much prefer Derek Carr over Ryan Tannehill. I'd be okay with either one of them. Mm, all right. Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray. I knew that was going to be the question. I knew it was. <laughs> Kyler. Kyler because he's younger. And that's not a knock on Russ. Russ has done Russ has done this at a high level for a long time now. And I like Russell Wilson. I like Russell Wilson's game. I respect him as a human being. I just again, it, it's a very similar scenario to it's a very similar scenario to the Herbert Burrow conversation. Kyler's just different. He's just different. He's also a lot younger. Yeah, that that was my main point to taking Kyler is that he's younger because he's and, 25, 26 right. and Russ is 32, 31, 32. So, all right, I got I got one that's going to stump you. Oh, can't wait. Patrick Mahomes, uh huh, or Josh. I Allen. knew you were gonna do that. I knew you were gonna do that. Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. Give me, give me Patrick Mahomes. Oh God, I thought you were about to say Josh Allen. <laughs> it was about it was about to actually come out, but I'd rather I'd rather Patrick Mahomes. Of course you would, because Josh Allen. Look, it, it's really interesting how he plays because usually you see running quarterbacks they try to be more elusive. Lamar, Michael Vick. Yep. He he's just like he's a fullback that throws the ball. And that's cool to watch. It's cool to watch him truck and hurdle Eric Kendricks. But when it comes down to it, how many more years is he gonna have to do that? Yeah. He significantly improved his arm talent and gotten a lot better. But just Patrick Mahomes, he's able to escape and avoid the big hits. Josh Allen goes towards the big hits. And I'm worried about what happens down the line with that. It's true. I'm taking Mahomes all day. That is a easy pick. The way Mahomes just make thing make things happen as he goes, it's insane. The the way that he's able to escape the pocket and throw a no look sidearm is it's it's unreal. It's absolutely insane what he can do. So definitely taking Patrick Mahomes in uh in that conversation. Was it me who's asking? Yeah, you you're not. Oh yeah, because you asked Mahomes. Would you rather? How do I want to do this one? <laughs> Would you rather Teddy Bridgewater? Oh God. Or Tua Tonga Valoa? Oh 
man. Two Miami QBs. Tua. You'll take Tua. Tua. Okay. I don't. I don't get the knock. I, I don't get everybody's knock on Tua. His decision making has been poor, and he throws a lot of ducks as a left. It's only been two years. I'm just. But when it comes down to it, at the end of the of your third year, we kind of have an idea of how your career is going to go, unless you just have a drastic turnaround. So him getting Ty- Tyreek Hill, he better significantly improve. So he's the he's the third QB. Jameis, Jalen Hurts, and Tua are all QBs that have like big prove it years coming up this year. It's true. It's true. All right, let's see. Zach Wilson. <laughs> let's go. Let's go to the Battle of New York. Zach Wilson or Daniel Jones? Ew. <laughs> this is terrible. I'd rather I'd rather Daniel Jones. Just because I know he's got a fumbling problem and you're like why would you pick him? But he's shown flashes. I I know Zach Wilson plays for Jets, but Daniel Jones, he's shown flashes at points in his career where it's like like look look, look at the look at the Saints game last year. Yeah. Like he just had a career game against one of the best defenses. And hearing from other Giants players they're talking about he's the hardest worker on the team. He's looking to improve. Why do you think the Giants, as much as we've made fun of the Giants for looking to extend the man and like build around him, if he's putting in the work trying to improve and then he's able to prove it on the field, yep. how can you go against that? No, it's true. It's true. Would you rather... Carson Wentz. Oh no. <laughs> or Baker Mayfield. Oh Baker. Oh Baker. Just the swagger that Baker's got carries a team. The swagger, the ability to break tackles and make plays. I like Carson Wentz. I don't. I, I do. I don't. But Baker. I'd rather Baker all day. Baker. All right. Um, let, let, let's do a backup comparison. Would you rather Mitchell Trubisky or Tyler Huntley? Trubisky. Easy. Easy. Oh. Because the Bears went to the playoffs with Trubisky with Matt Nagy. Call him plays. Like that that's easy. And he's competing for a starting job right now in Pittsburgh, even though it'll probably go Kenny Pickett. Oh, it's gonna go Kenny Pickett. Like I I'd still rather Trubisky than I don't even I don't even know who the other QB was. Just give me Trubisky. Tyler Huntley. Yeah. No. I'll do Tyler Huntley all day. No, no, thank you. Absolutely. Would you rather Man, this has been a fun segment. This is interesting. Would you rather... I'm trying to use a QB that we haven't done yet. Would you rather Kirk Cousins or Jimmy Garoppolo? Wow. Kirk Cousins or Jimmy Garoppolo. The most overpaid, overrated quarterback in the league. Or one that figures out how to hang around. 
Hmm. That just keeps sticking around. Does just enough to keep his job. Gets enough team success to where he stays on the team. Right. Um. Garoppolo. I guess. I hate Kirk Cousins. He said, I guess. I hate Kirk Cousins. I mean, it's fair. Jimmy's going to a Super Bowl. The dude is the most overrated and overpaid quarterback in the league. Absolutely drives me crazy that he has a job. He's not good. I mean, yes, his numbers are his numbers are decent. You want to know why? He always has think about it. Every year in Minnesota, he has an elite receiver. You got Justin Jefferson. You have Adam Thielen. Before that, yes, Stefan Diggs. Like the prime of his career, he has had an elite receiver to throw to. He had Kyle Rudolph at tight end. He's always had a target. And he's had Dalvin Cook. You had Dalvin Cook out of the backfield. And then whenever RG3 went down, he had Alfred Morris when he was good. Right. You've always had Jordan Reed before he had all the concussions. Every stop he's ever been at, he's had somebody to throw the ball to. He's had somebody make him look good. Dude's overrated and overpaid, and I can't stand him. (laughs) Anyways, last one before we got to take a timeout. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Include Justin Fields, because I've... Okay. Um, Would you take Justin Fields... Because we haven't gotten to him yet, and... Or Jared Goff? Justin Fields. Not paying him $40 million. He's younger. He's more talented. Easy. Justin Fields. I'm going to pull the... uh, Mitch Trubisky excuse on you. I'm going to say Jared Goff because he's been to a Super Bowl. That's fine. It was the team. <laughs> it was the team. It's very true. That is. So I'll take Justin Fields' talent all day. If I can give him weapons, oh, good luck. Yep. That's, that's fair. That's a good point. The Houston Astros, one of the hottest teams in baseball, and you can see them live in person. That's right. Astros weekend getaway number three. The game, 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, wants to hook you up as the Astros take on the Seattle Mariners Saturday, July 30th. And you can be there. All you got to do is register in the game clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Score four tickets, a private tour of Minute Maid Park, hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Take time out, wrap up the first half hour of the show, and then we'll get you to the next two hours of Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It is your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Johnson throws. Boutte's got it wide open at the 10. Far side. He's in for the score. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette. 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. We're getting some love on social media, James. We got a comment from Don the Dude 85 
on our poll question. He said, this segment on who you would rather is awesome. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was. That's why we're going to do it on a regular basis. We're going to do more than just quarterbacks. We'll do running backs, receivers, basketball players, food, movies. We'll do it all. This or that's going to be a, a new weekly segment on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. All right, poll question. What is your favorite 4th of July activity? So far, 54% say barbecuing, 27% say boating. Got 9% for hanging out by the pool and 9% for other. So looking at the MLB, looking at around the league today, got a couple of games going on right now. Just went final, the Pirates over the Nationals 8-7. to seven. Bottom of the fourth, Padres, Diamondbacks tied at zero. Bottom of the fourth, Tigers, Giants tied at one. Bottom of the second, Mariners over the Orioles, three to nothing. A couple games that have gone final. Royals over the Rangers, two to one. Yankees over the Oakland A's, five to three. And the Brewers over the Rays, five to three. Once again, the Astros winning two to nothing today. Bradley Beal declining his $36.4 million player option. He will become a free agent. Bobby Portis as well also declined his player option and will become a free agent, which caught both James and I by surprise because I thought for sure he would return to Milwaukee. He's expressed how much he loves the city. I mean, it's it's pretty much the same thing as Bradley Beal. Yeah. Uh, So this is two shockers for the day now because I thought Bradley Beal was ultimately going to stay. Which he still could, he still could, and and they just reworked the contract. But I, I think maybe it's time to just move on from Washington. Yeah, I I agree. Ben Verlander posting on Twitter with some love for his older brother Justin. Justin Verlander, after Tommy John surgery and almost two years of not pitching in the MLB, is the first pitcher in baseball to reach ten wins this season. J- JV's the man. The absolute man. I mean, 10 wins coming off of Tommy John and all of his outings except for one or two have been you know, quality outings giving six to seven innings. Today he went eight without giving up a single run. I mean, that's, that's insane. Day off. Actually, no, no day off. Tomorrow they will play the New York Yankees before hosting the Angels this weekend. We will take a timeout here. Uh, the first 30 minutes come and gone. Still two hours left of crunch time with Miguez and Mesh. Stacked 4 o'clock hour with Shemit Dua and Chrissy Freud. And then at 5.30, Brendan Ertle for Hoodat Wednesday. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It is your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. More after this top of the hour sports update. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two 
technically. Crunch time with me guys and Mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 402 here on your Wednesday afternoon. Take a look at top stories in the world of sports. Bradley Beal has declined his $36.4 million player option and will become a free agent. The Denver Nuggets have sent Will Barton and Monte Morris to the Washington Wizards for Contavious Caldwell Pope and Ish Smith. Amani Bates, former number one recruit in college basketball, has transferred from Memphis to Eastern Michigan. He is going to be a Lion. He's heading back home. He released a list of six schools in early May, a group that included Michigan, Arkansas, Seton Hall, DePaul, and Louisville, as well as Eastern Michigan. Bates is a six foot nine small forward and was considered one of the elite basketball prospects in the country in his high school career, ranking number one in the 2022 class until he reclassified into the class of 2021, where he ranked third in that class. Also, speaking of the NBA, the salary cap is looking to rise up to $123.6 million in the NBA per team. For the Astros, Jordan Alvarez and Jeremy Pena both injured in an outfield collision. According to multiple Houston Astros beat reporters, both wore in the clubhouse postgame appear to be fine, however, according to Due to rules set by the medical staff, reporters were not allowed to interview either one of them, and it is unknown whether they will travel back to Houston with the team tonight for tomorrow's game against the Yankees. All right, James, let's look at this. You know, we get closer and closer to football. All these rankings come out, and it always causes discussion because, you know, you agree or disagree, whatnot. This is ranking the NFL's top defensive linemen of 2022. It's the top 10 in terms of both edge rushers and interior linemen. We will start with the edge rushers. 10th, Shaq Barrett in Tampa Bay. Now, you stop me if you disagree at any time. I'm looking at some other players I'm like, they're not on the list? Like who? Built by Taco Bell, Matthew Judon. Ooh, yeah. Chandler Jones. Yeah. Well, probably classified Chandler Jones as a linebacker. But then he didn't make the linebacker list. It's true. So it's like, if they're we're, not we're, making either, what's going on? Right. No, I'm with you. Number nine, Robert Quinn. Yeah, he was second in the NFL in sacks. Number eight, Trey Hendrickson. Yeah. I'm so mad that we let him walk. It, it was very unfortunate. So mad that the Saints let him walk. Number seven, Joey Bosa. Yeah, beast. Number six, Cam Jordan. Of course. Number five, Von Miller. Yeah. Edge rusher? He's been he's on the edge. He's been, yeah, I guess, he's been I rushing guess he, the passers his whole does, career. I guess he does do a lot of edge rushing. That's fair. Number four, Max Crosby. Yeah, absolute animal. Number three, Nick Bosa. Of course. You think he holds that over Joey? Yeah. Like, ha I'm better He's, than you. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure they do. They they poke fun at each other. There, there's got to be, right? 
I mean, two, it's brotherly two, love. Two, two brothers that both play the same position. Like, there's got to be some... some and they're in the same state. Right. There's got to be some fun poked there. Number two, Miles Garrett. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Animal. He's, he's so nasty. He's a freak of nature. And number one, a player even nastier than him, TJ Watt. Of course. TJ Watt, I mean... Dude, he is... Best in the game right now. He He might be better than his brother. Just missed the cut. I, I wouldn't. I almost wouldn't say might be. You think he is better than JJ already? Just as talented, if not more. And he wow. doesn't get injured. It's true. That's true. Just missed the cut. Hassan Reddick, Harold Landry the third, Chandler Jones, Matthew Judon, Rashawn Gary, Emmanuel Agba, JJ Watt, Brian Burns, Frank Clark, and Khalil Mack. Man. Yeah, uh, and Khalil Mack, I too. I forgot that Khalil Mack was with the Chargers. He, yeah, he just went there. Bosa? Mm-hmm. Mack? Yep. Oh, dude. That's scary. And then Max Crosby, Chandler Jones on the Raiders? Scary. That, yeah, that's a good point. Interior lineman number 10, Vita Vea in Tampa. He's like Vince Wilfork. He's just a... He, he just takes up the whole line. I was going to say, he just... Eats up blocks. He's just such a big dude. Number nine, Javon Hargrave for the Eagles. That's fair. He had his best season last year. He had career highs and pressures, quarterback hits, tackles for loss, and sacks last year. So that's fair. Number eight, Kenny Clark. Yeah. In Green Kenny, Bay. Kenny Clark's really good. Number seven, Christian Wilkins in Miami. Number six, DeForest Buckner. Dude's been good the second he stepped foot in the league. I was going to say, and it's felt like he's been slept on since he got traded from the 49ers to the Colts, just because the been. Colts have been an average overall team. Right, he Pe- has been. People have forgot about the force. Number five, Jonathan Allen with the Washington Commanders. Yeah, he had a nine, he had nine sacks last year, and he was... Yeah, he from finished, the interior. He finished second in the league with, with nine sacks. Well, they have him listed as interior, but then he his position is listed as defensive end. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing. You you rotate them around a lot. You you put them on the inside and the outside. Yeah. That's a that's a good point. That's a good point. Fourth, Jeffrey Simmons in Tennessee. Oh, he's, absolutely. He's absolutely. Oh, Chris Jones, number three. Yeah. Nasty. I almost i i want to I almost would flip three and four. Really? Yeah. I I think Jeffrey Simmons is just that much that, of a difference. That good difference maker. Cameron Hayward, number two. He's been slept on, man. Like, yep. You swear he's like forty-five. Have you have you seen the clips of, of his brother? I don't think I've seen his brother. No, his brother just got drafted by Pittsburgh. Oh, so we got dude, the Hayward Bros, dude. They that's going. So to the be Steelers nice. have the have Watt Bros and Hayward Bros. Correct. They're just the team of Bros. Don't they? Don't they all? Weren't they also looking to get the Bush Bros? Like, because they have a. Didn't they have the Didn't they have both Pouncy brothers at one point? I think they did, and then Mike Pouncy went to Miami. Yeah, yeah. Connor Hayward. He was from uh, Michigan State. He's a tight end, tight end fullback for the Steelers. So they they line up against each other. That's oh, fun. They go at it. That's fun. So that'll be interesting to see. And then lastly, Aaron Donald. Of course. I mean, just missed the cut. Leonard Williams, Ed Oliver, Fletcher Cox, 
Grady Jarrett, Dalvin Tomlinson, David Onyemata, Michael Brockers, Dexter Lawrence, Punya Ford, and Grover Stewart. Who's Punya Ford? He's the Chiefs, if I recall correctly. He was... Oh, also, breaking news, Harden just declined his 47 option. So Harden's a free agent? Yes. Oh, he's going back to Brooklyn. He's going back to Brooklyn. Sixers star plans to return to contract that gives Philly financial flexibility to bolster their roster. Hmm. So he may be coming back to Philly. Here's... But he, just on a on an easier contract. Here's breaking news on the Saints side of things. Oh. It's been a long road to recovery. I had a pretty major shoulder surgery last November and didn't have quite the rookie year I wanted. But shout out to everybody that stayed down with me and helped me get to this point. Blessed to say I've been medically cleared. Peyton Turner. Yeah. He only played in one game. Yeah. And it was against the Panthers, and he, he looked pretty good. He yeah. was getting a lot of pressure. Peyton Turner has been medically cleared to return to the Saints. That's big. That's big. Uh, Last season, only 12 tackles and a sack in just a few games. I want to say he only played. I think he he legitimately, he suited up for three and like played in them, but the other two games, it was very, very limited. Yeah, he only played. Maybe 10 snaps. He played in, according to Pro Football Reference, he appeared in five. He appeared in five games. It, the rotation must have been a lot more strict because I I don't remember seeing him all that often. Yeah. The, the game that I recall the most was the Carolina game. Oh, yeah. That, w- that was one of his better games for sure. Um, but, yeah, according to Pro Football Focus, appeared in five games for the Saints. But that's good news to see him back in the mix because, man, he can do a lot of good for you know giving Cam Jordan a breather if Marcus Davenport gets hurt because – God knows he can't stay healthy. So that'll be interesting. Here, here's another NBA tidbit for you. The Oklahoma City Thunder are declining the $1.9 million play, team option on forward Lou Dort for the 2022-2023 season, which makes him a restricted free agent and allows sides to negotiate a new deal. So that's a guy that I have always wanted to see in New Orleans. That is a guy I've always wanted to see in the Pelicans rotation. Do you think the Pelicans could piece something together and at least make an offer? They'd have to get their money situation a little little better situated, but I, I think they could they could throw some cash at them. Also, the Sacramento Kings declining to offer Dante DiVincenzo a qualifying offer, which will make him an unrestricted free agent. There will be significant interest in DiVincenzo on the open market. He was good with the Bucks, man. He he had his moments. He was good with the Bucks. I don't know I don't know much about what he did with the Kings, but that that could be a, a good pickup for whoever whoever lands him. Uh, according to multiple sources, going back to the James Harden thing, his sole focus is to win a title in Philadelphia next season. Harden returned to his workout and on-court regimen much sooner than usual, pouring his full focus onto next year and a championship run. Here's my here's my two cents on that. Harden can do anything he wants to do to say, oh, I want to win a championship. I want the Sixers to win a championship. It's not going to happen. 
The Sixers are notorious. Let's trust the process. Trust the process. What's the process? Finishing top three in the East and then losing in the first round of the playoffs? Is that the process? And then you you bring in a, a star or, in the beginning, multiple stars with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and waste their careers? Like, what, what's the process? Enlighten James, you might know what what's the process. Because Pro- I don't I don't see it. The the fun answer is the process is just to make it to the second round. But legitimately, I don't know what to expect because they've made they've made moves. They've got they've acquired players. But they just I, I think they're just one of those franchises that just aren't able to get over the hump. They don't have enough to get to that next level. They don't have enough to be in the conference. They don't have enough to be in their finals. They don't have enough. Yeah, I, I definitely don't see them winning a championship anytime soon, even with a healthy, focused, and happy James Harden. Like, I don't think that puts you over the top because, okay, you have James Harden, you have Joel Embiid, what else do you have? Like, you have an old Tobias Harris who you're still paying a fortune? Like, you, you don't have any pieces to help out your two superstars. So in that case, you know, what are you, what are you doing? The Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's at Cypress Bayou, a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. The only way to score these great deals, however, is by becoming a member of the game clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free, it's simple, so sign up today. Take a time out right here when we return to Crunch Time with Migas and Mesh. Shemit Dua will join us to talk about NBA free agency and the back half of the offseason before the summer league starts here in just a couple weeks. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Before we get to our guest, just wanted to let everybody know there is an evacuation order in the Arneville area due to a gas well explosion. So if you're near the Arneville area, be on the lookout for that and be careful of your surrounding areas. All right, NBA free agency. NBA free agency, NBA trades. There's a lot to get into. Shemit Dua joins us on the game hotline to break it all down. Shemit, my friend, how are you, man? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm just uh, enjoying all of these uh, rumors and trades happening as we speak. 
So, literally, as we speak, the Atlanta Hawks are trading Danilo Gallinari and multiple first-round picks to the Spurs for DeJounte Murray. Does Trey Young and DeJounte Murray instantly become one of the best backcourt duos in the league? Well, on paper, certainly. I mean, I think just having two dynamic players, uh, also both from the same agency, uh, at least in the East, is going to be one of the better backcourts, but it's hard to say definitively like who uh, who's going to be better than I think. Obviously, you can point to Steph Curry and um, Clay Thompson, maybe uh, CP3 and uh, Devin Booker, and, and I'm sure a few others, but they're they're up there. Now, looking at, at some of the other moves, you know, Kyrie and Russ opting in, Bradley Beal and James Harden opting out. You know, what do you make of all this? Because, you know, it, it went from Kyrie wanting out to opting in. Do you think that there's still conversations between Kyrie and Brooklyn about getting him out? Well, with regards to Brad Beal and James Harden, both of those players are just opting out to get um, to renew contracts, so to speak. So I don't, I don't think they're leaving their respective teams, the Sixers and. Uh, the Wizards, and especially Brad Beal, he's probably going to find something worth like almost a quarter of a billion dollars. Um, but, but with regards to Kyrie Irving, I don't think those conversations are quite done. I, I do think at this moment Brooklyn has all of the power, and they're they're going to act as if those conversations are done. But if this isn't working for them, especially as they approach the February trade deadline, I'm sure they'll um, start eyeing their options again. Chatting with Shamit Dua of boot crew media so now you know let's turn our attention to the pelicans you know i know their their cap space situation isn't great but there's a couple of players that are kind on the fence you know people are talking about moving Devonte graham people are talking about moving jackson hayes what do you see the pelicans doing and what kind of space can they create to maybe go sign a free agent point guard yeah, so I, I don't think the Pelicans um, have a rush or necessity to sort of make any moves at the moment. I do think if they're going to make those moves, it's going to be two of those players that you mentioned, Jackson Hayes and Devontae Graham, uh, perhaps moving off them in a way that they can consolidate some of their roster spots uh, because they are at the full 15 allowed, and if they can do a two-for-one type of trade, it allows them to carry an open roster spot in which they can either – uh, elevate E.J. Liddell and give him a full roster spot, or they can head into the season with some level of flexibility. And maybe you're right; they 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 pursue the free agency market for for an impact player. But um, you know, I don't I don't think point guard is is a, a position that they're going to be looking at. I definitely think that they're looking to continue to add uh, versatile players, maybe a big man um, who can uh, step in uh, when when Jonas Valanciunas may not play games. Now, looking at the NBA draft, you brought up EJ Liddell. Talk to me about the Pelicans class. I mean, Dyson Daniels, EJ Liddell are two names that really stick out. What can Dyson Daniels bring to this team immediately as the eighth overall pick? Well, Dyson brings a lot of creativity in terms of his passing, but also brings an intensity on the defensive end. He's a 6'7 guard, but guard may not be the most accurate way to describe him because he's going to be able to defend positions one through four. He's a, uh, he's a really big player, and um, just the amount of talent that he brings on the defensive end allows the Pelicans to play flexible lineups. You can insert it in all numbers of situations. And then 
uh, his, his passing is going to fit right in with guys like Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson and C.J. McCollum, who are uh, certified scorers, and he's going to be able to connect those pieces together in, in a meaningful way. Now, coming out recently, Jared Harper joining the Pelicans, and he will play for the summer. He will play on the summer league team here in the next couple of weeks. Talk to me about Jared Harper. What kind of player is he at the point guard position, and and what can he do for the Pelicans? Yeah, so at this time of year, the Pelicans are allowed to carry up to twenty players uh, for training camp, and and part of that begins in the summer league process, where they bring in players to help. Um, round out the roster next to their recent draft picks like like Dyson and EJ and um, and their two way player Darion Sebron. So um, you know Harper brings the the Bama connection that the Pelicans have had going back to um, Kyra Lewis and, and Herb Jones and um, you know John Petty. And so uh, it seems like the Pelicans um, have a type, and certainly it helps them build a fan base. Uh, in Birmingham for their G League squad, so if Harper ends up spending time there, that's um, only a bonus. But yeah, this is this is a moment where teams like to bring in players and uh, just to get you know an idea of them, and then also just familiarize them with the system for their G League teams. Now, looking at free agency starting tomorrow, we we touched on you know the big names, Kyrie, Bradley Beal, and those guys. What are some storylines that you are watching? as we enter free agency and, and a lot of these chips really start to fall? Yeah, so there's a couple big ones here. It's like, first of all, what's going to happen with the Utah Jazz? Are they going to move on for Rudy Gobert or not? Um, likewise, the other center uh, from the Phoenix Suns, DeAndre Ayton, um, what's going to happen there? I think those are two teams that were really good in the West this previous year who may have some upheaval and may look very different by the time the season starts. Uh, so those are two big storylines I'm following with regards to the Pelicans, like immediate contention. Um, but now that the, the Kyrie Irving stuff has kind of been um, postponed, uh, <laughs> to put it kindly. And um, But, yeah, so those are the big ones. And then I think um, now watching where, where John Collins is going to go, if, if John Collins is going to stay in Atlanta, and perhaps what some of these other teams looking to contend um, are, are going to do because they're – there's a lot of teams right now in the in the verge of paying a pretty big luxury tax bill. We'll see if ownerships um, for those teams are going to have the capacity to pay it, uh, and if not, then you know are they going to be making moves where they uh, perhaps move good players that the Pelicans can perhaps pounce on. Chad with Schmidt Dua here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Last question I've got for you, Schmidt. Looking at the Pelicans summer league, you know guys like Jose Alvarado, Najee Marshall, Trey Murphy listed on the summer league roster along with your new rookies EJ Liddell and Dyson Daniels you know why do you think guys like Alvarado who really showed out down the stretch of the playoffs does Willie Green just kind of want to get them more touches with with the summer league what explain that move well, part of it is that it's in in almost all these guys contracts that they have to come to summer league unless they're told otherwise um, and the other part is, yes, it just gives them uh, an opportunity to sort of be the elder statesman and um, help welcome in the new rookies and, and make the transition a little bit smoother, uh, while also having the opportunity to sort of show off what they've been working on and play an elevated role. So, like, they get to be the little stars uh, of Summer League for a couple games before before they'll get shut down and then, then all eyes are on the new rookies. 
Schmidt Dua of Boot Crew Media joining us here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Schmidt, before you run, man, tell our listeners where uh, where they can find your work. For sure. You can find uh, me on Twitter at FearTheBrown. You can also find my work at Boot Crew Media um, at BootCrewMedia.com. We also have a podcast that uh, called In the Know, which you can find um, on both those places. Fantastic. Schmidt Dua, really appreciate you taking the time, man, and we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you. There he goes, Schmidt Dua of Boot Crew Media. Man, I I said it off the top of the show, James. NBA free agency is fun for this reason. I mean, stories breaking left and right every five minutes. You feel like you, the second you finish one story, you're talking about another. I mean, it just it doesn't get old. For the next couple of days, it's right. It's going. It's, right. It's going to be a lot of fun. As soon as you're done with one story, you're gonna go into another one. And even before you're even done with that story, yeah, you got something else popping up. It's uh, breaking. Absolutely. absolutely. Favorite Fourth of July activity? Let's update the poll question. Fifty-six point three percent say barbecue. Eighteen percent say boating. Six percent say hanging out by the pool. Ton comes in on Twitter and says, I can get behind boating, barbecue, or even the pool, but shooting fireworks, I give a 1 out of 10. Signed, Jason Pierre Paul. Yikes. Oh. Yikes. I don't think Jason deserved that. Fun fact, Pierre is Peter in English, so Justin is robbing from Peter to give to Paul with his certain names. Okay, that confused me. Pierre is Peter in English. So Justin is robbing from Peter to give to Paul. With I, I don't get it. Anyways, we'll take a time out right here when we return. Chrissy Freud will join us to discuss the LSU quarterback conundrum as well as we'll rank some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL according to skill level. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station at your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. They could debate who should win the MVP, but they'd rather argue who has the best hair in sports talk radio. We just wash the hair. You know, I work on my hair a long time, and you, and you hit it. It hits my hair. Now back to more of the stylish crunch time with Miguez and Mash here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home. For the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros, Matt Miguez, James Mesh. 36 minutes after 4 o'clock. We talked about this yesterday. Brian Kelly's got a good problem on his hands. He's got a lot of good quarterbacks in his locker room and doesn't know which one to turn to. Do you go to the Arizona State transfer and Jaden Daniels? Do you go to Garrett Nussmeyer, who did a lot of good for LSU last year? Do you turn to the true freshman phenom in Walker Howard? Or do you go to the tried-and-true Miles Brennan? I mean, so many different options. Let's bring in the quarterback guru, Miss Chrissy Freud, to kind of dissect it with us. Chrissy, good afternoon. Thank you for taking the time. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. So let's let's look at this quarterback depth chart for the Tigers. I mean, Miles Brennan, he's been with the team for three years. He knows the system. 
He's put up numbers for you. However, in, in recent years, he's had a little bit of issue staying healthy. Redshirt freshman Garrett Nussmeyer shows up for you last year, plays well. You bring in Jaden Daniels from Arizona State, and then you get one of the top quarterbacks in the country in Walker Howard. I mean, what do you, what do you make of this quarterback room? Yeah, I think, like you say, that Miles Brennan seems like the safest option from an experience standpoint. Uh, I think that as far as the stat sheet goes, and as far as some of the, the LSU stats and the things that LSU itself has put out about uh, Miles Brennan, I think that he's done some good things in that regard, but I think that he's never fully uh, come into a zone. I don't think he's ever fully tapped the potential that people said that he had as a recruit, and I think that, frankly, he's been lackluster every time that he's been asked to step in. And really, I think he was starting to hit his stride a little bit, and then he got injured that one season. And so I thought that at the beginning, though, in that Mississippi State game, that for lack of better words, he just looked lost. And then he started to get a little bit better, and then the injury came through. But it seems like every time that throughout LSU history that we get to this point where we're like, okay, well, it's Miles Brennan's time, then something happens, whether it's injury or whether – I go back to that one season, too, whenever LSU brought in Joe Burrow, and obviously Joe Burrow ended up being way better than anyone ever thought that he was going to be and is now deemed a generational talent by most regards and is – had one of the most seamless transitions in the NFL despite going to a horrible team, um, that there was a reason why LSU felt the need to go find a transfer quarterback to, some, to find someone else because the, the Tigers just weren't fully confident in Miles Brennan. And so I think that I think that he's shown some good things, but I don't think that he's the, the answer to really break a team out the way that you want him to. I think that Garrett Nussmeyer has the highest ceiling in this room. I think there's a lot of intrigue surrounding Walker Howard. But whenever I look at Garrett Nussmeyer, I see someone who has a lot of it factor, who does well in the past, who kind of went through, I guess for lack of better words, kind of these rookie growing pains, if you will, uh, starting out last season. But I think that as far as the ceiling goes, I think that his is the highest. I think that he has an underrated amount of mobility that almost kind of reminds you of Johnny Manziel in a way. And then with Jaden Daniels, I watched a lot of him before he transferred. And it was kind of this thing where it was like, well, it seems like he's using his legs more, like the team as a whole is using his legs more as he gets the end zone. But there was this notion that maybe he's not being asked to throw the ball as much to score, but then whenever he was, he failed to rise to the occasion. And when you look at Brian Kelly's comments about this quarterback room, it's my opinion that he likes Garrett Nussmeyer the best as well. And it seems like Garrett Nussmeyer has been just the most impressive overall. It's just a matter of do you want to go choose safe experience or do you want to go ahead and throw the guy in that seems like he has the highest level of talent Garrett Nussmeyer definitely did the most in the LSU spring game back in April for LSU but you know ever ever since he transferred in all eyes have been on Jaden Daniels you know what's he going to bring to to Brian Kelly a, a guy who's been known to run a two quarterback system before what do you make of that what do you think of Jaden Daniels and what do you think he can do well yeah, I think that he's a guy who could be very athletic. I, I liked a lot of what he did with his legs, but I think that, like I said earlier, there was just a lot of waiting time of when is Jaden Daniels going to come into his own as a passer, and I never feel like he truly honed that in. So I think that there are certain packages and certain things he can run, but I don't necessarily believe that this is a situation where you get a transfer from somewhere else and then he goes in and then he's going to start because he's a transfer. I absolutely don't think that's one of those. I do think that he will see the field. But I do think that if he sees the field, he's certainly not the only other, the only quarterback going on it. Chatting with Chrissy Freud here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. So Miles Brennan, Jaden Daniels, obviously one one of the clear cut favorites is, is Garrett Nussmeyer. But then you've you've got the true freshman from St. Thomas More in, in Walker Howard, you know, sitting waiting in the wings. 
you know, once Brennan leaves after this year, Jaden Daniels may hang around depending on how this season goes. But then it's really going to be Nussmeyer versus Howard, and that's a pretty good quarterback battle there. Yeah, I think so. I think that it might be one of the best quarterback battles in the country, and I think that there's a reason why some people say that LSU has one of the best quarterback rooms in the country. And I think it's not necessarily a top-heavy one in terms of the super-experienced guys are the best, but I think it's a matter of whenever we look further down the line and these younger guys start to develop, we're going to see LSU kind of rise back to where it was at quarterback the way it was when Joe Burrow was there. Now, for, for Brian Kelly, again, uh, talking about a two-quarterback system, do you see two guys splitting time? in this offense, or do you think it's going to be one of those things like you mentioned earlier, you have a guy and then you bring in guys like Jaden Daniels for certain packages? Yeah, I could see him wanting a, a two, a, uh, I'm sorry, a rotating quarterback system just because of, I mean, part of it also comes with the uncertainty. I think all these guys have shown upside, and so maybe you roll with your best two, and you, you do rotate them kind of like the same way that LSU did whenever Rohan Davey was there. So I think that's a possibility, but I think if I, if just this is my personal opinion, what I would personally do is I think that me and Mike Leach had conversations about this. If you're constantly going back and forth between two guys, you probably got a, a problem, and it's going to end up not being a good problem over time. Just trying to split them up like that. So I mean, if it was if it was my call, I would be rolling with Garrett Nussmeyer, and then I would be putting Jaden Daniels in for certain packages. But I I can't say that that's what he's going to do. Yeah, you know, Mike Leach has said it before, and even Nick Saban, if you have two quarterbacks, you really have zero. So yeah, that's definitely a good way of looking at it. Now, let's go to the NFL. You know, obviously, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers are, are your top guys in, in terms of quarterbacks in the NFL. But, you know, you still have guys like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. You know, if you had to rank like a top five or even a top ten, you know, who who would be in there? I think Tom Brady's definitely in there by default. Josh Allen's got to be somewhere in there. Patrick Mahomes, um, perhaps Justin Herbert could be making his way in there. And I think that Joe Burrow, I, I don't think that it's a consensus thing right now that Joe Burrow's a top five quarterback, but I think that in a very short period of time that it will be. And I say that just because, I mean, how many quarterbacks have you seen come into the NFL and then go into a bad situation, be on track for rookie of the year, have a horrible injury, and then come back and then lead their team to a Super Bowl. I mean, I really don't, despite the things he's been through and despite how horrible the offensive line has been, Joe Burrow quickly became the standout of that team, and it seems like he's managed to make it work as best as he can, even whenever things were not that good. And I think that the Bengals are starting to do a good job of building around him. Uh, There's a lot of eyes on the offensive line, those free agency additions over there. So I think that between that and the offensive firepower and then this team just spending more time with Joe Burrow, that he's going to have what he needs around him and I think that it's not going to be long before people have trouble saying that Joe Burrow is not a top five quarterback. Chrissy Chrissy Freud, the quarterback guru, joining us here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Two more for you. Let's look at this past year, this past draft class from back in April. Who's your favorite quarterback in that draft class? I mean, I had Carson Strong ranked at number one and that's, that's where I personally stand and I think that if it wasn't for uh, the knee injury and then some of the concerns about the way that he interviewed, I think that those are the things that hurt him. I think that he was the most consistent quarterback last season and has a lot of upside just as a pure passer, and I think that he kind of projects the same way that a Mac Jones does. It was unfortunate to see just kind of how that went down, but I would say out of the guys who did get drafted, it would have to be Kenny Pickett. I mean, you kind of face 
this question now of do you want the ceiling or do you want the floor? And it's clear that in this case, the NFL valued the floor. That's why Kenny Pickett got chosen first. And so I think he's a guy who's he's above average in every single aspect of quarterbacking, and he's he is the safe option. He hasn't flashed as much on tape as a guy like Malik Willis has as far as athleticism and all of that stuff. But at the same time, I mean, there are some parts of his game that are comparable to Joe Burrow. I think that they have the same type of mobility. I think they have some of the same type of upside as a passer. And so I think there's a talent gap that remains for now that's going to remain to be seen as to if Kenny Pickett can fill that. But there are some similarities. And so I think this is a quarterback with one of the highest floors that we've seen as of late and perhaps a higher ceiling than he's being given credit for. I think that he's someone to be excited about that at worst-case scenario is going to be a reliable high-end backup for years to come. Fantastic stuff from Chrissy Freud. Before you go, i got one more question, and it's a lighthearted, funny one. Mayo in your coffee, yes or no? Uh, well, I have to say yes because I did it, but it was it was truly disgusting. And the key is that if you're going to do this this thing, this horrible thing that Will Levis did, and I don't understand how he did it in the first place, you have to tip it all the way back and not look at it and then plug your nose because Maddie plugged her nose in the video. I did, and I looked down on it. That's why she lasted a lot longer than I did chugging that. That's fantastic. Chrissy Freud joining us on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Really appreciate you taking the time, and hopefully we'll have you on again before the football season gets here. All right, thank you. Enjoyed it. There she goes, Chrissy Freud. Man, I asked her about the quarterback draft class, and she ran for three minutes on Carson Strong and Kenny Pickett. That was fantastic. The Houston Astros, one of the hottest teams in baseball, and we want to help you see them live. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The Astros take on Seattle on Saturday, July 30th, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros Weekend Getaways, powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian Houston Downtown, and The Game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Take a timeout right here, wrap up our number one, and we'll get you set for the back half of Crunch Time with me, Gaz, and Mesh. Right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. It is your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Great news, my sports-loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. That's because you've already found the perfect match. For sports talk love, that is... Now, back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Got a tweet to read from my guy, Ross Jackson. Saints head coach Dennis Allen said that getting Michael Thomas back this season will be like having a third first-round pick with Chris Olave and Trevor Penning. Having a healthy and impactful Peyton Turner could feel like having a fourth. This team is getting scarier and scarier by the day, Jameson. 
Don't call me Jameson. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> All right, Jimmy. Sorry. Don't call me Jimmy either. Jimbo? No. Jim that's, Bob. That's terrible. <laughs> that's awful. Yummies. There it is. There it is. That's the one. That's the one. So, I mean, yeah, th- this team just gets better and better the more you watch it unfold. And just wait for Marcus May to be healthy. And potentially be done with the suspension as well. And then, bam, Kamara suspended 10 games. Oh. They said they're preparing for six. Oh, God. Yeah, that that would be hopeful. And then it becomes eight. Right. It's going to be, what I see is it's going to be 10. He appeals. They cut it to six. That's what I see happening. You think they'd shorten it? They would. They they shorten almost every appeal. Almost every time a player appeals, they cut it. Or also, some people have said eight, and then they cut it to four on the appeal. I could see that playing out too, but I really think it's going to be ten, and then you cut it to six. And here's the thing. I feel like they'll wait till after the Seattle game and then that's when they hit it because see, then I, because then you won't have Camara for the Bengals game, the Cardinals game, the Raiders game, the Ravens game and that's so crappy. The Steelers game, the Rams and then you maybe get him back for San Francisco and or Tampa Bay. I would much rather not have him for the first 6 games. Oh yeah, because once you get him back, you'll get him back on a short week. Mm-hmm. against the Cardinals, and then you're rolling after that. Yep. Because your schedule, even though you play three division opponents to start the first three weeks, and you're going to London, it's it's a little easier because Minnesota, all right team, both, both teams have been able to be undefeated in London, but you feel good about those chances. You're at Atlanta and at Carolina. You get rid of two away games, and could potentially be 2-0 and in those. And yeah. then you, you've had Tampa Bay's number the whole time. And then not to mention, unless something happens, all you have to, like, you, all you have to do is worry about Drew Locke as Seattle's QB. And Seattle, who's true. gone down the drain. It's true. I mean, Cause, cause that'd, be, that'd be the best-case scenario. But there's talks about Baker and Jimmy G swapping. Could that's you, what that's what Ray was telling us. Could you see Baker in San Francisco? He'd be back in red. We we seen him in red threads before. Yeah. I just I don't know. I don't feel like that offense fits him. I mean, it's the same thing. It's just a lot of running with your receivers and running backs. You hand it off to Debo. You hand it off to Elijah Mitchell. You dump it off to your tight end and George Kittle. Yeah. It's just a lot more motion offense, but I mean, even then, you're that's that's not too complicated. All right, let's let's preview the the five o'clock segment. Uh, James and I are going to talk about the greatest sports movies of of all time. James is not a movie buff, and it's funny we we went through a list of like the top thirty sports movies we, of all time. We at one point one of the articles was. Over it was 150. Yeah, and, and it, I got to the end, and I had only and you had seen like 10, and, and seven of them 
were only partially seen because I'd only seen like either the beginning five minutes or the last five minutes. The longer that you and I stay friends, the more I'm going to have to show you. Because like I can tell you, you've never seen Field of Dreams. I've seen I've seen parts. You've of seen it. bits that doesn't count. But 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 I also saw it because it was in social studies class. We played it. <laughs> you've never seen or no 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 that was the one with the angels. What's what's angels the name of that in one? The outfield. Yes. Oh my god. I've seen parts of that in social studies class. You've never seen any given Sunday. No. You've probably never seen We Are Marshall. Uh uh-uh, uh no. Oh, James 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 James. <laughs> All right. Well, we got an hour. We will educate. The, the, the young machinator. Uh, if you have a favorite sports movie, you can call in 706-0111. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Hour number two after this top-of-the-hour sports update. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two. 502 here, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station at your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Technically, Hour number three, but since we only had a half hour in that first segment, uh, that was forty-five minutes. Yeah, was it? Era, yeah, we didn't start till two eighteen, three eighteen. What same difference? Okay. Anyways, Matt, me, guys, James, Mesh, five oh two here on your Wednesday afternoon. Again, top headlines: Dejounte Murray going to the Hawks for Danilo Gallinari and three first-round picks. Harden. And Beal both declining their player options. We'll see if that is just to get a more team-friendly deal in place for both of those guys. Man, and then this kind of fell under the radar. Stephen Curry hosting the ESPYs this summer? Interesting choice. By ESPN, he's gonna bring. Choice. He's gonna he's gonna bring his Finals MVP trophy with him. Uh, probably. He's what gonna, they gonna say now? He's gonna wear his rings. All on a, four on of a them. Chain. Oh yeah, on a chain. On a chain. Um, he's gonna bring his All Star Game MVP trophy, the Finals, the NBA Finals trophy, and his MVP trophy. Those are all gonna be around the chain. Correct. Correct. And he's gonna walk on the stage screaming, "What are they gonna say now?" Other. Player declinings. Brooklyn Nets guard Patty Mills has declined his $6.2 million player option and will become a free agent. Bench piece for the Pels? Good old Patty Mills? I'd be okay with it. I mean, you can't, there's no, you don't have to pay him much. I mean, his player option that he declined was $6.2 million. You could probably pay him five. And if he doesn't want to go to New Orleans, I mean, he could always come up to Bean Time. Yeah, I'm sure you would take him. <laughs> I wouldn't you? mind. I wouldn't mind some Patty Mills in my life. Oh man! All right, so let's do it. Top sports movies of all time. You're doing this just to make fun of me because I don't really watch movies. Yes, just the same reason why we're going to do a potato sack race. Hey, just for I'm you not to make the fun one, of me. I'm not the one who voted it. 
I didn't yeah, vote. Yeah, but you put it in the list. And you agreed to it. I reluctantly agreed because I couldn't think of anything else. Okay. Exactly. Anyways. So basically how we're going to do this is Eat shorts. I am going to look at We're a, looking at IMDB, right? We're looking at the IMDB one, okay. Well like, that's we can, the that's the last one you'd shown me and you're like, can, we'll we just do, do this that. one. We can do that. Um, so what I'll do is I'll start at number 20. This is the top 10, 20 sports movies of all time. And you tell me if you've seen them or not. <laughs> all right. Do, do, does partially seeing it count? Sure. Okay. The Karate Kid. Yes. The original Karate yes. Kid. Yeah, I, I've, seen, I've seen bits and pieces of it. A League of Their Own. Nope. Never heard of it. <laughs> Friday gonna, night there's gonna be a lot of those. It's gonna, uh, you might as well think I'm like hitting Friday night lights. No. Miracle. No. Breaking away. But the miracle one is about the the uh, the 1980 miracle on ice. Yeah, with the U.S. Olympic versus Russia, right? Correct. Yeah. All right. So you know the story. I'll give you that. I know the story. I just didn't watch the movie. I'll give you that. Breaking, Breaking away, away. Never heard of it. Glory Road. Never saw it. I don't think. Invictus. No. Oh, man. Seabiscuit. No, but I know about Seabiscuit. It's fair. Remember the Titans. Of course. But I didn't see it till until four, until four years ago, maybe. Oh, my God. It's the same thing with Talladega Nights. I didn't watch it till somewhere recently. Now, okay, y- you said it. Shake and bake. It, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Talladega, and I want people... To call in on the hotline for what I'm about to say. <laughs> He's about to say something controversial. Talladega Nights, top 10 sports movie. Oh. Of all time. <laughs> There's a cougar in the car. There's a cougar in the car. What are you going to do, son? I mean, just if you ain't first, you're last. Like, classic. I love Will Ferrell. I agree. Classic movie. So you've never seen Rudy? No. The Natural? Never heard of it. Oh, my God. Robert Redford, Robert Duvall. Come on, man. The Blind Side. Yes. Well, that was probably one of the first sports movies I've ever seen. Bull Durham. No. (laughs) Bad. That's over the head. Cinderella Man. Nope. Not even close. The Fighter. Nope. Nope. Never seen that. Million Dollar Baby. No. (laughs) Never heard of it. Clint Eastwood, Hillary Swank, Morgan Freeman. Just read. Just, I mean, just read the cast. Raging Bull, no. The Life of Jake LaMotta. Come on, man. No, I haven't seen it. Martin Scorsese was the director. You know it's a classic if Scorsese's directing it. Are you? Is it also a classic since De Niro was in it? I mean, that goes without saying. Joe Pesci also. I mean, and then Frank Vincent. Um, just, just name the cast off the IMDb. Rocky. I like how you skipped Field of Dreams. I was going back to it. I was building up for dramatic effect, James. Oh, my God. All right, so Rocky. No, I haven't seen Rocky. Oh, my God. I haven't seen any of them. You haven't seen Hoosiers either, have you? No. Oh, man. Field of Dreams? <laughs> All right, so Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams is 107 minutes long. Uh-huh. How many minutes would you say you've seen of Field of Dreams? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's not a good answer. Maybe seventeen. Oh my god! It, pro- it could be. It could be more. It could be more on the thirty side. But uh, don't don't put and, your money on it. And let me let me just say this: the fact that Field of Dreams did not win a single Oscar, I find it interesting that it's only barely over an hour, is a crime. It's been nominated three times though. That's a crime. Such a great movie. Rocky, solid movie. Three Oscars, one Golden Globe. The franchise is phenomenal. Okay, but what about Remember the Titans? Oh. Hasn't gotten any awards. Which is, again, mind-blowing. Because that's such a I, I I think Remember the Titans, obviously, is a really good movie. So the and, fact that no Oscars, no nominations. No nominations for Golden Globes. Hey, you drop a pass. You run a mile. You miss a block an assignment. You run a mile. You fumble my football. You run a mile. I will break my foot off in your John Brown hind part. And then you will run a mile. <laughs> Perfection. Love Denzel Washington. God. I could sit here and talk about sports movies all day long. To to the point where people would really get tired of, of of listening to me talk about it. If you want to call in on the hotline, 706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. Get in on the action. Let us know your favorite sports movies of all time. Mr. Green joining the show. Finally coming out of his shell after his Tampa Bay Lightning fell just short. Jamie, what's going on, man? Hey, good afternoon, Mr. Miguez. Yeah, I guess congratulations to the Avalanche. We couldn't get greedy and get three in a row, but that's okay. We'll be back next season. I'm not too worried about it. So, uh, Martin, you you take that and run with it, buddy. It's all good. Uh, So I wanted to go in on the poll question and say that for me – I enjoy just spending time with the kids at the pool and growing up some uh, hamburgers and some hot dogs and, you know, the traditional American barbecue flair. So uh, those are my two uh, traditions. Uh, we don't mess too much with fireworks or anything. But I got some uh, I got some movie suggestions uh, for you guys to, to kind of spin off to. Um, so, Mr. Mesh, let me ask you, have you ever seen Moneyball? Uh, I don't think so, no. <laughs> oh. All right, Moneyball. What about Major League? No, I've not seen that. <laughs> uh, I know you're probably going to say no to the rookie. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, my God. He, he's killing me. He's killing me, Jamie. For the love of the game? No. Jeez. I've seen, uh, what was it we were talking about earlier, Like Mike? I've seen like, that. Like Mike. I've seen that. I've seen both of them. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! Yeah, what, but, what are we even? What are we even doing, Mr. Miguez? I, I, what I, What are we even doing, man? I, I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna do with him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I got for you guys. Thanks for taking the call, and uh, I look forward to talking some hockey with you once uh, preseason rolls around here in a couple of months. Absolutely. Appreciate you, Jamie. All right, bro. Y'all take care. So he brought up Moneyball. And my my favorite quote the game from Moneyball 
is there are good teams and there are bad teams. No. <laughs> uh, I just not. Then there's 50 feet of crap. Then there's us. There was the story of the Oakland A's in, in the 80s, you know, going to this new formula of baseball. You know, talking about how basically the conventional wisdom was wrong. And so he tried a unconventional style to try to get the to get the A's back into into relevance. And so they're sitting there talking about the athletics and he goes, Listen, man, there's good teams, there's bad teams, and there's fifty feet of crap. And then there's us. Let's go back to the game hotline. Martin joins the show. What's going on, Martin? Miguez, I'm starting to pull for you in the Miguez versus Mitch challenge because uh, that guy you got sitting across the glass from you, I think he's a chick flick watching guy. I mean, even though he denied it just now, but, uh, man, I'm kind of wondering what kind of movies he does watch, man. Like I told him, since he only seen 17 minutes of Field of Dreams, basically all he seen was the previews. Pretty much. I mean, Lord have mercy. I mean, I got a few of them on there, uh, and I 100%, 300,000 million percent agree with you with um, Talladega Nights. I love Talladega. I'm a huge uh, Will Farrell fan. I love, uh, he's like one of my favorite, uh, um, what you call uh stand-up com- comedy or whatever you call him. Uh, Comedian. But, uh... Love, love him now. How did Days of Thunder not even make that list? Oh, yeah. That's a good I'm one. I'm a huge NASCAR fan. Love NASCAR. I'm a redneck. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Martin, you're a NASCAR fan? Oh, I am huge diehard now. Give I can talk me, NASCAR with give, you all give me, day. Give me your favorite long, driver, buddy. Martin. Wait, say that again? Who's your favorite driver? Oh, I got two favorites, but my favorite one is Austin Dillon because I grew up um Dale Earnhardt fan, you know, and I actually was watching the Daytona 500, and when I seen Dale Earnhardt Sr. hit the wall, I was like, ain't no way that guy survived that wreck right there. I was like, and then sure enough, uh, come to find out he had passed away, but uh, I always like the number three car, and I'm also a Kyle Busch fan because my favorite candy is uh, peanut M&M's, you know. Um but uh, I was also a Jimmy Johnson fan, but he long gone and retired. But I'd have to pick two of them: uh, Austin Dillon and uh, Kyle Busch. You know, probably be my two favorite ones. I, I was fine with you saying Austin Dillon, but man, you lost me at Kyle Busch. Uh, I know he's a villain, but uh, I'm also a villain. I always say I'm a heel. I like playing the the role of a heel and a villain. You know, so uh, but. Uh, yeah, those are my two. I, I try and catch every race that I can. You know, sometimes it's not on TV. But a uh, diehard NASCAR fan, I want to attend a NASCAR race one day. Uh, Daytona 500 would be the ultimate one I'd like to attend. Now, did you hear? Um, you probably heard. They will be doing the, um, the uh, what's the race that they did this year in um, Los Angeles uh, Stadium or whatever. The uh, or the what did, what did they call it? The Clash of the Coliseum. 
They are doing that next year before the Daytona 500. Yeah. Can't you? That makes no sense. You've got to keep the tradition going. And well, do that's, a Daytona 500, and that's, then that's how they did it. That one, that's how they. Afterwards. That's how they did it this past year. Oh, I didn't catch that. But I, um, if they're gonna start doing that, there, I mean, you're taking away from like the tradition of the Daytona 500. It's always the first race of the year, you know. I think but, uh, I, I think they're treating the Clash as a as an exhibition race before the season gets going. I got y'all like the dirt race that. Uh, yeah. Up there in Bristol, uh, I think that's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. My my ultimate thing is uh, if they could maybe one one day uh, didn't they do a dirt race one year on a uh, on the beach of Daytona when they used to race uh, do the do the races didn't they do that like last year or something? No, I don't think so. Oh, it was a road course. It was a road course on Daytona or something like that. Yeah, but man, if they. Uh, that that used to be the days when they used to run them. They have five hundred on the beach, but um, yep. like long, long time ago before our time. But yeah, man, uh, Days of Thunder is one of my favorite movies. Uh, Talladega Nights. Um, but uh, man, I just couldn't believe that Days of Thunder didn't make that list, man. That, and did you ever hear watch the um, the movie Greater? The one about uh, Burlesworth. Yes, the one yeah. uh, player from Arkansas. I think that was a very, very good movie. I was very surprised, but it ended up turning. I like movies that's based on true stories, especially sports movies that's based on true stories. Yep. Uh, but I mean, to put, I mean, not put Days of Thunder. I mean, that was a that was a hell of a movie. That's when NASCAR was ruthless. You know, I mean, right. <laughs> yeah, where no. you seen fights almost there uh, between drivers almost every time. It's every a, it's every a classic, race, you know. Sure. So who's your favorite driver? Chase Elliott. Before y'all let me go. Who's that? Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott. Okay, I, I, I won't agree with you. Now, you know who's five names his favorite driver, huh? Who's that? He's not a driver no more. Uh, Tony Stewart. Oh, God. Yep. Oh, God. I was like, okay, I can't talk to you no more. All right. All right. Even though he's not, I was like, that dude still annoys me up to this day. Oh, absolutely. Up to this day, I cannot stand the guy. But anyway, thanks for taking my call. But uh, y'all have a good and try and get um, try and get Mitch to watch some sports movies, man. Lord have mercy. I'm, I'm working on them. Man. I'm working on them. <laughs> Appreciate you, Martin. Y'all have a good have a good one. So he's absolutely right. Days of Thunder should have 100 percent been on the list. Tom Cruise, John C. Riley. Now this is this is young Tom Cruise. He made Days of Thunder four years after. The first Top Gun. So 1990, young Tom Cruise, young John C. Riley, Nicole Kidman. Great, great movie. Uh, definitely should have been in that list, but don't worry, James. We're we're gonna we're we're gonna get you. We're gonna get you watching some movies. Uh, I'm. Just, I just don't watch many movies to begin with. I know, and that's okay. But we're gonna like, get you. Like, well, okay, if you're gonna start watch, if you're if I'm gonna supposedly watch more movies, get more into podcasting and YouTube. I listen to podcasts. What about YouTube? I don't watch YouTube. Okay. Much. Oh. Uh. But I'll, I'll I'll make you a deal. I can't I watch can, a th- I can't watch the five minute video on I'll, YouTube, but I'll, I'll watch you, two hours of a movie. I'll make you a deal. I'll make you a deal. If you if I if you start watching sports movies that I send you, I'll start watching YouTube videos that you send me. We can work that. Oh, out. you're not gonna like what I send you. Well then, because <laughs> I mean, it's it's about video games and. 
in other games that I play. It, sometimes it's not even sports. I, I watch plenty of sports content, but there are other there's other stuff that I hit on when we'll, it comes to YouTube. We'll work it out. We'll work it out. We'll take a time out right here when we return. James and I will look at the running back rooms for both UL and LSU and talk about the running back position for both of those programs. You're listening to The Game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. June 29th, 1977. Future Hall of Fame outfielder Willie Stargell hits his 400th career home run as his Pittsburgh Pirates route the St. Louis Cardinals 9-1 at Bush Stadium. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Crunch time with me, guys, and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, getting closer and closer to the football season. It's time to look at the – yesterday we touched on the quarterbacks for both UL and LSU. Today we'll look at the running backs, and we will start with the Cajuns. You know, took some big hits in the running back room from this past year. Lost Montreal Johnson to Florida, lost Amani Bailey to TCU. But as Jordy Holtberg says, the beat rolls on. Jacob Cabote looking to have a breakout senior season. Chris Smith still in the mix as a junior. You got a ton of freshmen. Draylon Washington, Zylan Perry, Kendrell Williams. And then, you know, your sophomores and your redshirt juniors, Michael Orphy Jr. and Terrence Williams. It's it's a stacked room, really. You know, each guy brings a different style of Football, Chris Smith being the fast, elusive one, along with Michael Orfe Jr., Chaz Ward being that type of guy as well, Kendrell Williams, Terrence Williams, Jacob Cabote being kind of your bruisers. And it's interesting because Kendrell Williams, 5'10", 195, can still bring the... He he can still lay a beat down on you. And then Terrence Williams, 6'1", 228. That's, That's beefy for a running back. Chaz Ward, six foot two thirty four. Man, that is. Mike Desermo looks to have a good running back room in in year one, and then for the Tigers, I mean John Emery Jr. back on the roster after having some academic issues last year. You go a little further down the roster. Corey Kiner is another guy that that they've really liked. Corin Norman. Armani Goodwin had a fantastic spring game. Trey Bradford as well. Josh Williams is another guy as a junior, 5'9", 208, that they're big fans of. Going a little further down the list, Nick Damus, a 6'2", 202-pound sophomore, is another guy. You know, Again, this is another position for LSU. You've got a lot of pieces that you can turn to when you kind of want to mix it up a little bit. John Emery Jr. is obviously going to be your your cowbell or your bell cow, should I say, other way around. But you've, you've got guys down the roster. Noah Kane, a Penn State transfer, 
He's a guy that you can go to when you need it. You know, again, talked about Corey Kiner and Armani Goodwin. Those are other guys that really had a good spring and look to break out for LSU this year. And then, you know, yesterday we we ran out of time. We meant to talk about the McNeese quarterback room. One thing that we didn't touch on with the McNeese quarterback room, and this kind of fell under the radar, Georgia Southern's Cam Ransom transferred to Lake Charles. Cam Ransom was a guy that they brought in in Statesboro late last year, and he really seemed primed to take the position in Statesboro until um, drawn a blank on the, the previous coach's name. Georgia Southern fired their coach, and you bring in Clay Helton from formerly of USC, and now you know he was looking for a, a new spot and ended up in Lake Charles. You got a lot of big names in the McNeese quarterback room. Walker Wood is a senior transfer from the University of Kentucky. You got Ryan Roberts, who's a redshirt freshman from Lafayette Christian. Knox Kadem. Virginia Tech, he's a sophomore. Cameron McAllister is a freshman from Clearbrook High School. And then you got Cam Ransom, the sophomore transfer from Georgia Southern. Really, you're looking at three guys being in the run. That's Walker Wood, Knox Kadem, and then Cam Ransom. McAllister and Roberts. Roberts could be in the mix. I don't see it. McAllister's going to redshirt. 6'3", 165, true freshman. He's going to take a red shirt and, and develop this year. So really, you're looking at Ransom, Wood, and Kadem. If I had to guess, Walker Wood's going to get the nod. He's got the most experience. He comes from an SEC program. That's probably where Gary Goff is leaning. However, Knox Kadem and Cam Ransom both bring skill sets. Maybe maybe you see them in certain packages, kind of like a Jaden Daniels situation at LSU mix it up a little bit, keep the defense guessing on on where you're going to go. So look for that. We'll talk more about McNeese. We'll talk more about the Cajuns and the Tigers as we get closer and closer to college football media days just two or so weeks away. Going to be a lot of fun as we get closer to September. As a reminder, the Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse in Cypress Bayou, a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. The only way to win, you got to sign up for the Game Clubhouse. How do you do it? Very simple. 1037thegame.com. 1041thegame.com takes literal seconds, just a couple pieces of information. All we need, you can sign up with a couple clicks on your computer or phone. Very simple, very easy. It's well worth it. Sign up today. Do it right now. Take this commercial break that we're about to go into four or five minutes. You'll have it done by the time we come back on the other side. We'll take a time out right here when we return. Who dat Wednesdays. Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles will join us to talk all things black and gold as we close in on training camp. 
in Metairie. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It is your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. He's going to go. Touchdown, Saints. Who's ready for some New Orleans Saints talk? We are. Here is Good at Wednesdays with Canal Street Chronicles' Brendan Ertle on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Brendan Ertle, my guy, what's going on? What's going on, guys? All right, so we're having a conversation today about best sports movies of all time. Give mm. me, Give me your top five. Top five. Wow. Um, well, I think I think Miracle, the hockey movie, needs to be up there. Uh, whether you're a fan of the ho- of hockey or not, I think that's definitely top five. Um, the Blind Side's got to be top five. Um, gosh, I'm so bad at movie titles. Uh, you know, there's a couple other classic football movies. I don't even remember their names. Uh, you guys can probably help me out here, but. Um, well, well, James James can't because he's never seen any good sports movies. Well, give me your top five. Um, Miracle. I would probably have to say Field of Dreams is up there. Remember the Titans. There you go. That's yeah. Uh, favorite basketball movie. Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. White men can't jump. Somewhere up, somewhere in there, and then, um, God, I mean, there's so many good ones. There is. Uh, there's you could so say Space Jam, maybe. Ones. I mean, it's Space, a little different, but Space Jam you know. would be up there for me. Uh, I'm sure James has seen that one at least. Um, the 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 point of this conversation is that James isn't a movie guy, and so I've been listing off movie names throughout the show. I've been slandered for the last just hour. Seen. I'm not, I'm not the biggest movie guy either, but the the big thing about you know movies is you gotta know the quotes, and if you don't know the quotes, I mean, it's a big big problem. Right, right. All right, so let's talk let's talk New Orleans Saints and looking at the off season as we get closer and closer to training camp. Peyton Turner announced today that he has been medically cleared to return to football. How massive is that news for Dennis Allen? I mean, it's giant. Uh, you drafted that guy 28th overall, um, and now all of a sudden you have three players that have first-round talent that you'll get for this year. Cause we didn't really get to see Peyton Turner all last year. Um, the main game that we did see him was Carolina, and, I mean, he was phenomenal. It's kind of like the impact Marcus Davenport made early on where it's just kind of like these flashes of just raw talent. And you kind of just got to groom that. And um, the main thing about him is that it's, He's gonna yeah he's gonna have to stay healthy, which is a good thing that it was just one injury that sidelined him, and not like Davenport where it's multiple throughout the season. Uh, hopefully, he can stay healthy now that he's clear for training camp. I think that's big for him, and I think the biggest thing, uh, development developmental wise, is just reps, snaps, and that'll come in training camp. It'll come in the preseason. So, uh, I mean, huge to get him cleared. I was getting a little worried about him and Davenport as well. So I think we got some clarity some clarity at least what they were dealing with, but having Peyton Turner in, the, in an already super deep defensive end, you know, rotation, I think it's huge. Now you wrote an article for Canal Street Chronicles saying the Saints should consider Eric Ebron. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, 
first off, the the Saints head recruiter, uh, part-time intern, Cam Jordan, you know, he is doing all the recruiting. So he, you know, he added the Saints. He was like, ah, yo, Saints, uh, Eric Ebron's still free agent. And I, I don't think uh, tight ends as a position necessarily need to go get, but a guy like Eric Ebron, I mean, he's had success in his career. Uh, definitely not what he was supposed to be coming out, like a top, I want to say, 15 pick for Detroit. Uh, but had some successful years. His best year was in Indianapolis, had 750 yards and 13 touchdowns. Uh, his first year in Pittsburgh also was very productive. Um, but I, the main reason I think the Saints should consider him was um, – uh, Pittsburgh drafted Pat Fryermuth last year, and Ebron's production went way, way, way down. Barely even got playing time, had 85 yards uh, receiving. So I think they could get him for very, very cheap. And he's a guy that, you know, uh, he's not going to be, you know, Rob Gronkowski or anything like that, but he'll he'll catch balls for you. He'll be productive. And in an offense where there is some question marks at the position, you know, you have Taysom Hill who – probably will get most of the receiving yards at that position. Adam Troutman, a formidable blocker, haven't really seen much in the receiving game. And we want to see that step forward, but, you know, maybe a questionably not deep position. You have Juwan Johnson, they have, you know, J.P. Holtz and Brandon Dillon, some questionable guys there. You just don't know uh, what you have right now. And I think it doesn't hurt at all to bring in a guy like that for, you know, one-year deal cheap. Wasn't productive at all last year, so I think you get him for – around, you know, a million or a couple. So I think that's someone you kick the tires on, and it's a low-risk, really high reward for Ebron. There's not a ton of balls to go around currently, so I think a solid tight end rotation of Taysom, Troutman, and Ebron would be solid. Chatting with Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles here on Houdat Wednesday. Another rumor that I've seen involving the Saints, and I'd, I'd like to dive into it with you, Brendan, the Saints trading for Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. That that's and, and I, that's seeming to pick up ground. Yeah, uh, I, I I get that, and I've seen, you know, maybe uh, a guy like Kenyon Drake as well with Las Vegas, just looking for guys who are kind of deeper in the lineup. And Cleveland, I mean, there hasn't been any formidable formidable like trade requests, or you know, Cleveland's not shopping him. But that running back backfield's deep. They just drafted Jerome Ford as well, so. Might get lost in the rotation there a little bit, but you know, a really, really solid guy. And uh, most Saints fans know him from his time in Kansas City when he gave Kamara uh, a run for his money for rookie of the year, or offensive rookie of the year at least. Um, so I think that's something you need to consider. And obviously, Mike Florio posted the article a few weeks ago that Kamara's facing, you know, maybe six games, and Kamara's like, you know, you're an idiot, kind of, basically. So right. we don't really know what the suspension is going to look like for Kamara, but if it's you know around the six to eight game mark, I think that's something you do consider because that's a that's a third of the year, pretty much, that you don't have probably your best offensive player right now. So I would definitely think about it. And if it's more, you know, two to four game suspension, I think that you can survive with Mark and relying more on a passing game. Um, it definitely could bring in, you know. David Johnson again and try and get something done. But longer term, I would consider bringing a guy like Kareem or Kenyon Drake for sure. Now, talking about Kareem Hunt, if you were the GM, what's a likely trade package that, that you would put together? Because looking at Kareem Hunt's contract, he's, he's in the last year of his deal, and his base salary is only $1.35 million. 
And so yeah, and that, 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 that's that makes it really contract. attractive for other teams right. necessarily to trade for him. But in the Browns' case, it's like we don't have to get rid of him. He's not a cap casualty anyway. Uh, but maybe they do want to get rid of him before a potential payday. And, you know, maybe it makes sense for Kareem Hunt to go elsewhere and get a bigger role. Uh, but the big question is, I mean, would the future be, you know, more for the Saints? Like, do they want to extend him if they were to bring him in? Like, is Mark, this is Mark Ingram's last year was dear as well. And, uh, you know, a running pair of Kamara and Kareem Hunt for the future would be, you know, really, really solid. I think more of a, uh, a one-year deal on an expiring contract in NBA terms, you'd say. Uh, and, you know, what, $1 million cap hit, it's, it, that's affordable, it's perfect, and it's definitely something that, you know, another low-risk, high-reward. But the package, Cleveland wouldn't be giving them up by any means. I think it would be, you know, probably a day-two pick um, just because of the value of him and how good he's played when Nick Chubb hasn't been there. So it definitely wouldn't be cheap. But, you know, the Saints have been extremely aggressive ever since signing they signed Jameis. So if it is, you know, a third, fourth, maybe fifth round pick, I, I would go for it. Why not? Chapman Brendan Ertle here on Houdat Wednesdays. Now, I know you're a big NBA guy. What do you make of the drama that's already starting to unfold with 24 hours to go until NBA free agency? I mean, some some NBA fans enjoy the offseason more so than, you know, the, the regular season just because all the player movement. And, you know, just before I jump on this call, DeJounte Murray going to Atlanta, uh, a good thing for Pelicans fans, getting him out of the division. You know, Houston Rockets as well, doing some good things there uh, in the Pelicans division. And, you know, Jalen Brunson may be on the move from Dallas. So a division that's looking a little bit more winnable for the Pelicans. Again, it doesn't matter as much in the NBA, but, you know, you play those teams a little bit more um, than the regular teams. So, I mean, I'm a big fan of the NBA offseason. I think it's one of the more exciting uh, sports, at least pro sports offseasons. Because of all the movement, you know, we got James Harden often out of his deal, and we'll know what happens with him. Uh, Bradley Beal doing the same thing, and it's going to be exciting. I'm excited to see what the Pelicans do. Uh, obviously, there's not a ton that they need to do. It's probably one of the deepest rosters that, you know, they've had in a very, very long time. And the exciting thing is it's, it's probably one of the most optimistic times for Pelicans and Saints fans together, uh, having two really good teams at the same time. I think that's really good for the city and you know everyone there that we have two bona fide contenders uh, in each of our major sports. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, maybe some center depth and definitely need a shooter off the bench. So, I mean, maybe a guy like Malik, Bunk, Malik Monk could make sense for them. So we'll just see. Uh, but, you know, 23 hours away, I'm looking forward to it. DeJounte Murray and Trey Young instantly become one of the scariest backcourt duos in the NBA, no? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And uh, they definitely didn't – it wasn't cheap to get him. You know, three first-round picks and uh, Gallinari as well. Uh, unprotected picks as well, which is huge. Uh, for San Antonio, at least, that pretty much means that Atlanta did pretty much everything they could to get him. Uh, that is a dangerous combo, and after next year or after last year, Trey Young needed someone like that to kind of you know get the most out of him. He can't carry the load that much in Atlanta, and you know, Atlanta might not be done with uh, John Collins as well. Uh, I mean, so who knows? I mean, obviously uh, they're in the East; don't really have to worry about them. And it's good getting a star player like Dejounte out of the West. So good for the Pelicans and Pelicans fans. But that is a really really scary duo in the, in, in the East, and um, we're just getting started. Now, with Summer League getting ready to start, finally getting to watch a guy like Dyson Daniels, 
cut it up with Jose Jose Alvarado, Trey Murphy, Najee Marshall. Man, you know what are your what is your thought process going into summer league? I mean, the summer league for the Pelicans that's going to be like you know the Harlem Globetrotters. I mean, that's a really really good summer league team. Uh, obviously, Trey Murphy will play a little bit too. Uh, maybe that does definitely need to a lot. Jose will play. Uh, EJ Liddell is a guy I'm looking out for, but. You know, Dyson is a kid that has a ton of potential. Um, the big thing about him is, is is shooting, so I'd love to see some of that. And, you know, Summer League's kind of – it's just kind of a showcase uh, to see the talent. I don't think it's, like, too important development, developmental-wise. Uh, but we all remember Zion, that one play against Kevin Knox where he just tripped the ball and just excitement that it could come from that. Um, but, yeah, a, a, a Summer League team with Jose Alvarado – Trey Murphy, Dyson Daniels, EJ Liddell, uh, their other rookie as well. I think this is a really, really good summer league team, and uh, Najee Marshall should play a little bit as well. Um, it, it's a fun time for Pelicans fans just because of the young talent they have, and uh, it, it's, it's kind of crazy just to look at the depth the Pelicans roster has and really sit here and be like, free agency's in 24 hours, and if we don't get a single player, I, mean, I, I feel confident about this roster more so than – I ever have so um definitely just excitement around the summer league and excited to see jose uh rack up them steals as well no doubt no doubt brendan Ertle of canal street chronicles my guy appreciate you taking the time each and every week super ready to talk some real football with you and uh we're, we're getting closer and closer to doing that mm-hmm. this is the worst part of the year for football but you know a couple more weeks and we got training camp absolutely appreciate you my man yes sir Tune in next week for another edition of Hood at Wednesdays here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. A shot to left field, going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the Houston Astros. Welcome back. Crunch time with me, guys, and Mesh right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station is your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. couple things on Twitter. Anthony Slater has announced that the Warriors are not extending qualifying offers to Juan Toscano-Anderson or Chris Chioza before the deadline today. Both JTA and Chioza are now unrestricted free agents, free to sign elsewhere, and both unlikely to return to the Warriors. JTA to Boston? JTA to New Orleans? Good with either move. James, what do you what do you think? The more the merrier. The kid's got talent. He does. The kid the kid's special. I, I liked what I saw in twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked what I saw whenever he was playing because I, I remember seeing the whole second half of the game when it was Boston versus the Warriors and I mean he was a force on the court. Uh, Chandler Rome shared the picture of Jordan Alvarez and Jeremy Pena colliding with one another, and he said, I'd like to call targeting. Uh. <laughs> wow. It's wow. It, it's not wrong. It's not wrong. Jeremy Pena absolutely murdered Jordan. Forearm to the face. Just took him out. But... uh Maybe that'll teach the both of them to say the words, I got it. My ball, my ball, my on a, ball. On, on, a, on a fly ball. 
Just just saying. Astros win 2-0. to zero. That's going to do it for today's edition of Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh. Appreciate Shemit Dua, Chrissy Freud, and Brendan Ertle for joining us. Appreciate all the callers. As always, James Mesh, appreciate everything you do. For James Mesh, Matt Miguez here saying be safe, be well. Hug your mom and them. We'll see you tomorrow, 4 to 440 here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, the Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. <laughs>